You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard The Author's Leverage. Hey, welcome to The Author's Leverage. I have a question for you. If you've worked with a publisher, if you ever worked with a publisher, you've put out a book and for whatever reason, that process just did not go the way that you thought. Um, you may have found yourself disappointed in those cases and just felt like, wow, what do I do now, right? Uh, I'm really excited to talk with Yvonne today because, uh, and I'm going to introduce her in a second, but we're going to talk about this, especially how independent publishing is on the rise as well, and how you can navigate this process as an author, especially if you've been into a situation where that publishing process did not go as you thought it would. So I'm really excited today to talk to Yvonne DeVita. Uh, she lives in a cave where she hovers over a desk with pen and paper writing furiously every day, or maybe that's a house and a keyboard and writing with that great concentration and passion. Either way, she's writing. And when she's not writing, she's reading. And when she's not reading, she's working with smart, talented women and men to coach them and advise them on their next powerful book. Or she's walking her dog with her husband, uh, Tom, and uh, they've been a dynamic duo working together uh, for close to 20 years now. And on a business level, Yvonne brings 20 years of training, experience, and continued study in the field of communication, business development offline and online, and marketing for authors, would-be authors, and small business professionals. So let's welcome to the show, to the author's leverage, Yvonne DeVita. Yvonne, we made it. They don't know what we went through to get. Yeah, you guys don't know what we went through to get onto this uh, (laughs) meeting today. It's really, really wonderful to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you are. And, you know, that what we kind of got into very briefly before we started recording was, you know, this scenario where authors run into, you know, some level of disappointment in their publishing process. Uh, But before we jump into that, I would love for you to share some of uh, your experience thus far, your journey that led up to what you're doing now to support authors? Well, I'll tell you the, the pivoting moment in my life um, after, after going through um, many, many jobs as an employee and deciding, no, I want, I want to be my own boss. And actually I want to write a book. So I did. Um, I wrote a book about marketing to women online it was directed at small business owners who were forgetting that women are the major um, decision makers in the house. So I related the book to um, Dick and Jane. 
those erstwhile young kids that in the 50s, those of us who went to school then, we learned to read in the Dick and Jane primers. It was see Dick and see Jane and see Spot, their dog. So I, I wanted people to know that, that they needed to get out of that Dick and Jane world and they needed to recognize in the 20th century, this was 2004, that women have power and women have a purse and money to spend. So I called my book Dickless Marketing. And that got a lot of laughs and it got a lot of attention. And, you know, it, at that time, I'll, I'll, the funny thing is I was interviewed on a TV station and they wouldn't say the title out loud. They made me say it. it I mean, I today, I don't think we would have that problem. But I, I had such a bad experience with the publisher I chose. It was a print-on-demand publishing house. I knew the book had to come out right away, so I didn't pitch it to a traditional publisher because that takes two to three years uh, for a book to be published. And this was about the internet, so it had to come out right away. So I wanted to use print-on-demand. The company I chose didn't do well. Um, my husband and I had to redo the internal page layout and design for the book. We had to create our own cover for the book. And when the book was finally released, I paid to have them write a press release because I thought coming from a publisher, the press release would have more weight. Well, guess what? They wrote back and said, we can't do this. We can't do a publish uh, press release for you because it might offend a little old lady in Texas. They literally said that. That is what they said to me. So I wrote a press release, Parcel. I said, look, Dick, see Jane. See Jane, buy online. And then I talked about the book. And that's how I got uh, multiple interviews. They could have done that if they were smart. They didn't have to lead with the title of the book. So the pivoty moment came when I decided to start my own company because I said, authors shouldn't have to go through this. Writers should not have to go through this experience. It should be a good experience because you're so excited about getting your book published. And my husband and I were interviewing printers because at that time, it was before KDP and Amazon took over the whole print-on-demand world. And we went to this one printer about 20 minutes from the house. And we were sitting waiting in his conference room. And there were uh, bookshelves all around. And we looked at all the books. And there was my book sitting on the shelf. Turns out he was the printer the publisher I chose was using. So Parcel, we said, great, will you be our printer? And we started our own publishing company. It was called WME Books. We worked with um, approximately 20 to 25 authors at the time before we got sidetracked doing something called Blog Pause, which was an online um, pet blogging community. But throughout it all, I continued to work with authors. That was my goal, work with authors and make sure that their content, whether it was a book or a blog, was good, was written well, was going to appeal both to the reader and to anyone else. Um, in the case of bloggers, they were trying to attract brands. And so once we, we um, Blog Pause was acquired by another company that was acquired by PetSmart. And to be honest, my husband and I didn't fit into that big corporate kind of world. It, it just wasn't us. So we said, well, we're gonna retire from Blog Pause. And we did. And we started our own little company, again, helping authors write and publish books. 
And, um, you know, what you mentioned earlier about books not being done well, the way my book had not been done well, is still happening. That's, that's so true. And, um, and of course, congratulations on your success. I mean, that's, that's quite the story, especially with such a catchy title. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, no, but that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think for, um, for a lot of authors that kind of experience a disappointment, um, it really covers a number of cases and scenarios and situations that pop up. What are you finding that are really those big disappointment moments or the bigger pains that they're experiencing? Well, well, several things are happening, and it disappoints me and continues to make me upset. Um, I'm working with right now two authors and talking to another one who had their book done by a hybrid publisher. So a hybrid publisher is a company that is going to publish your book and put their imprint. And so the imprint is the publisher's name. When you self-publish, you have your own imprint. Well, if you hire a hybrid publisher, um, you pay them the same amount of money that you're going to pay me if you come and work with me, but they put their label on it as their imprint. And this is something authors think makes it better to be able to say, well, it was published by this company. Well, the truth of the matter is what happened with our authors is their covers were disastrous. No one was going to buy their books, given the covers that their publishers created. One particular author, I don't know what they did. Maybe they took his Word doc and just threw it into the book and and created it because the page layout and the design was just terrible. And here's, here's the thing. There is a design to the internal page layout of a book. If you look at a multiple books, you'll see each one is a little different. And his book had a lot of graphs and charts and things. And we have a a standard that the image, pictures and words belong together. So if I'm talking about this chart or this image, it should be next to the words, you know, they should be complex. And and it wasn't in this book. And and in the other book, the cover just, it, it didn't represent the story inside. Plus both of these um, authors, did not get the support. No one talked to them. No one worked with them. It wasn't like, well, what I do in my um, coaching practice is you talk to me every two weeks. You send me content. I edit it. I put my comments on it. And then we talk about why I'm asking you to change it or what I did with it or what, what you need to add. Nobody did that with them. So they ended up with books that no one was going to read. And the next thing is they thought, as I did with my original publisher, that the publishers would send out a press release and it would go to, you know, the major media markets and something could happen. Well, that didn't happen either. They didn't do that either. So here they are with their book. And so many authors are in the place, um, whether they had a hybrid publisher that worked out or not, they're in the place of, I've got my book now. What do I do? How do I get it in front of the people I want to read it? Yeah, that's that's really, really unfortunate because it, it does take a lot of work to actually publish a book. And so when you're in that in that situation, it's really, really tough. So a couple of questions I want to ask you based on that. One is, 
what are the, the best questions to ask a publisher before you move forward? Or what are some of the things that are good to look into or make sure that you're clear on before going forward, maybe about what they provide or what their process is. And then, and then we can shift gears and talk about what if you already have published a book and you're in that situation, how do you get out? Like what, what are the steps that advice to? Those are great questions. Great questions. So in the first place, you want to read the contract very carefully and um, ascertain what rights the publisher will take. Because if the publisher is putting their imprint on it, they generally want some of the rights to the work, whether it's the print rights, the digital rights, or the audiobook rights. And as a self-published, because you're still really self-published, it's, it's just a form of self-publishing, um, as an indie self-published author, you want to hold on to those rights. You don't want to give those rights away. This is your baby. You don't want to have the publisher decide six months down the road, no one's buying the book. It's going to be put out of print now. And then you have no recourse because that's what happens in the traditional publishing world. In the traditional publishing world, if you're lucky enough to get a contract, and let's let's just right now put to bed something that, that people believe. People believe that their book is a bestseller. Maybe it is. Maybe it's really good enough to be a bestseller. But if you get a traditional publishing contract, the chances of your book being a bestseller is probably 1% out of the millions of books that are published. One, Actually, one-tenth of 1%. Um, so you're you're not likely. What's going to happen is they will probably give you a small advance, maybe a thousand dollars. You're not getting that fifty thousand dollar advance. Sorry, probably get a thousand, maybe two thousand. They'll let you write their book. They'll edit it. They choose the cover. They choose the interior layout. They they will tell you if they like this chapter or not, and we want you to take it out. And they own the rights to the book. So when the book is published, sure, they might put out a press release. They still expect you to market it. In the end, if it doesn't sell and it's out of print, it's out of print. You've lost. So you don't want that to happen with an indie um, um, hybrid publisher. You want to say, no, you can't have the rights to my book. I'm, I'm asking you to produce the book and help me with marketing but you can't have the rights to my book. So you want to be very careful about that. But then you want to also find out, do they market? Do they help with that? Um, you're, you're going to have to trust that they have good editors. And I'm discovering a lot of indie houses don't have good editors. But that's a story for another day, perhaps. Um, but you want, um, you want to know what the support is going to be after because authors need websites, authors need to know um, how to post on social, they need images, they can't create the images, someone has to create these images for them to promote their book and themselves on social, and they need to know how to get on podcasts. And if the indie house um, isn't going to help you with that, then you want to think twice, you want to really be careful. Um, so, so to the second part of your question, let's say you went to the indie house, like my two authors did, and they didn't do as good a job as you thought they were, and they didn't help you with the marketing, and now you're sitting back with your book and you don't know how to get it out there. Your choices then are to hire a book marketer, and if the book has not been produced in a quality way, most book marketers won't 
take it on because they're putting their name behind it also. Um, but if it, if it looks okay, if it's not perfect and you get a book marketer, then perhaps you can move forward and start doing some promotion. Um, I say, come to me because I do all of the things I just talked about. I, I yes. am your hands-on person. You you write, write the book and I'm the developmental editor and there are other developmental editors out there. So look for those. Um, and my husband does the, the cover design and the interior page layout. And you choose. You We work closely with the author on what they want the cover to look like. Obviously, if they're choosing some outrageous kind of cover font or whatever, we'll be saying to them, no, let's, let's pull back a little bit here. Let's look at other books in the genre and what kind of covers do they have. Um, and, and, and again, we work very closely with our authors. It's one-on-one, -on -one, um, and that's, that's why I only take five to six clients a year. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And it, you're right. You do cover all the, <laughs> all the areas that seem to get missed in most uh, indie publishing processes and what they're doing. Um, and, and that's really helpful advice, too. Essentially, there still is hope for your book. And yes. even if it requires a little bit more of a, of a revamp, I mean, there's some some authors that go that route as well, just to do a relaunch or um, do a reformatting, whatever the case mm -hmm. is. It sounds like mm -hmm. you'd be able to help them <laughs> in that. <laughs> exactly. And, and the big thing that I have been seeing hybrid publishers are not doing is they're not doing the big launch. So we, we have... Um, didn't previously do that either, but we have studied up and we're now doing big launches. So we work for weeks and weeks leading up to the launch to get the beta readers involved, to get um, to get a platform, to get pe people on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever it is that the people we think who are going to read the book hang out, to invite them to the launch so that we can do a Zoom launch, maybe an in-person launch, and basically really get this book noticed. And of course, if that happens and people buy the book during the launch, you are likely to achieve bestseller status on Amazon, which is a nice thing to have. But, but the other thing we do that I don't see other um, companies who do work with authors do is we have a list of places to send your book for awards. We would like our authors to receive awards. For, and one of our authors did. He recently had um, was awarded, um, it was uh, one of the best books of the year or something. And basically it's because Amazon bestsellers are all well and good, but you know, I just wrote a post about that. What happens after you're the Amazon bestseller? What happens two weeks later? About nothing, unless you continue marketing, right? Well, when you win an award, that's another. We pull the cover down, we put that award on the cover, and man, that's really something you can crow about. That, that, that's incredible that um, you're able to provide that, especially the awards and the recognition aspect of the book being published and and it it being in existence and being a well written resource. So uh, that that's incredible, and, and I'm so glad that we got to have this conversation and talk about these things because it really is important, and I think it gives a lot of hope and reassurance. And then just to know what to look for if you're going down this route. And you all, Yvonne is an amazing resource, so I highly recommend uh, if you're considering it, or maybe you're thinking, I just need someone who with a uh, better set of eyes, you know, to go through this uh, and tell me what's going to be my next best steps. Uh, Yvonne right. is a great resource for you. So um, as we wrap up the conversation, what sort of last parting words of advice would you have to share? And where can people 
reach out, find you that we can link in this episode? Well, um, I, I recommend my, my book, the how to write a book book, because it goes through a lot of what I just talked about. It, it isn't how to actually write it. It's how to produce it, how to make it the best it can be. And I compare it to building a house because you have to have the same things. You have to have a foundation. You have to have the rooms in the house are your chapters. What goes on in them is, is the content. And you have to have the design and the landscaping and all that. And I'm writing my second book in the How to Write a Book book series, which will be about storytelling in your nonfiction book, because I want nonfiction authors to understand that they have to tell stories. They can't just give people the facts. They have to actually make um, their writing engaging. And, and I want writers to understand that don't let anyone tell you because you are going to be self-published or have been self-published that you're not an author. This is happening, Parcel. It was happening in a group conversation on Facebook last week. Someone came on and said, hey, you guys, you're not... You're not Stephen King or um, J.K. Rowling. Stop calling yourself authors. And, you know, I had to push back a little and say, well, um, I just want you to know that Stephen King is also a self-published author. He has done self-publishing because he believes in it. And if you put the effort and the energy, you've had the editor, you've had the, the page layout designer, you've gotten someone to do your cover, you've put the investment into this book and you've published it, you are an author. So do not let anyone tell you that you aren't. And if they do, you send them to me and I will slap them upside the head. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such, such good advice, such good advice. And, um, and Yvonne, thank you again for being here. I'm just so, so thankful for your wisdom and your insight and a, a few good laughs, uh, including our tech, uh, tech setup this morning. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but no, this is great. I, I will um, ask you one other question before we close up. I usually ask this to most of our guests, which is what is your one word? If there was one word that you could share with the world um, that comes from Yvonne, what would that one word be? Um, right now, today, this year, it would be journey. What kind of journey are you on? And embrace the journey that you're on. Don't don't let those rocks and stumbles um, bother you. They happen to everyone. Just keep going one foot forward and understand that as you go forward day by day, your journey is going to unfold and create something beautiful for you. So well said. I actually needed to hear that today. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. And I hope uh, hope it's useful to our listeners today as well. So you heard it here with Yvonne. Uh, journey is so important. And if you're an author and in need of support and any of the things that we talked about today, she's a resource as well as us at the Author's Leverage, um, especially if you're looking to take what you've already written and create a product from it, do something else with it beyond yeah. uh, beyond the book itself. So um, Yvonne, thanks again for being here. And thanks uh, for everyone for tuning into this episode. And thank we'll see you. you next time. Thank Definitely you. With Yvonne and check with the link below and uh, as well, check out her book that she referenced today too. Thanks, Yvonne. Thanks, Marcel. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful, Leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey.
check out more resources, visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.